WBZ original. Yeah. So, okay. so you and I are supposed to say hello first. Right. We'll do a hello. Why don't we say hello and then you do this and then I'll do that. Sure. We're ready to cast pods. <laughs> Welcome, welcome everybody into a special episode of Studio mm. BZ. Liam, do you feel the electricity in the air? Oh, always when I'm around. It's just extra yes. special, mm. though. This it, is, is, it is extra special because we have two special uh-huh. guests in with us. In the studio right now, we have WBZ's Chief Meteorologist, Eric Fisher, along with executive weather producer, Terry Eliason. Hey guys, welcome into the studio. Hey, oh. you know, we haven't had a whole lot of work to do, so we figured we'd come in and <laughs> yeah. We're bored. Okay, like, come on, give us something to do. We've been, you know, we've been looking at you with an arched eyebrow over there in the weather. <laughs> anyway, we are bringing you this special episode to follow up on a story that had a lot of people talking this past November. Will it be another warm El Nino winter? Or could we be looking at a return of the dreaded polar vortex? Mm. Our weather team has been crunching the numbers here, and here's what Eric says we can expect. Which brings us to this year's winter outlook. While last year bucked the trend, it would be very unusual for that to happen two years in a row. So we're going with a colder than average and snowier than average winter with the highest snow potential coming in January and February. Who, who's that and guy? <laughs> I've never met that guy in my life. <laughs> Clearly a that delusional the, forecast. The voice of our Eric Fisher. And I'm happy that it was off from that. But what the <laughs> hell happened? Well, you know, in the beginning we said, hey, if we're right, that's great. And if we're not right... That's great. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we were not right. What an absolute bomb of a Mm. winter outlook that we had this year. The worst we've ever had since we started doing them. Wow. What happened, Terry? How do you look at this Hmm. stuff back in November when you were trying to gauge what the winter was going to bring us? And how did it differ? Well, uh, and this isn't to excuse us at all, but I feel like we were duped a little bit by Mother Nature. I feel, I feel like Mother Nature was sort of showing, she was representing aces if you if for a poker player, mm-hmm. and then when she turned the cards over, it was like, oh, that's kind of a dud. Mm-hmm. It was a board. pocket force. Mother Nature right. <laughs> pulled a fast one. Yeah, and what I'm what I'm getting at is the month of November is is typically sort of the 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 month we look to. It, it points usually as to what kind of winter you're going to have. November was a very cold mm-hmm. and and it got snowy by the end we were first snowstorm came early december so signs were definitely pointing towards a, a colder than average and snowier than average period and so i think before november came eric correct me if i'm wrong i think we we were both sort of unconvinced about winter mm-hmm. um in fact there was a national weather service uh sort of fun forecast amongst meteorologists and i look back before we came in today you had something like 20 inches below normal snowfall, and I think I had 15 below. Because we did that in, like, October, It was October, right? right. October. Yeah. yeah, and then for whatever reason, Mother Nature sort of, you know, showed her cards. It was November. Yeah. Right. It was, honestly, it was November. So Can I ask a, a stupid question? Yeah. Because people love this stuff, the minutia mm. of what you guys looked at. <laughs> so, seriously, based on going from October into November, mm. when you say Mother Nature laid out these cards, so what is it specifically you were looking at? So, there's a number of things that we look at going into it. And I think we should talk about first, you know, why do we even do it in the first place? Mm. You know, why have a winter yeah. outlook? Whose big idea yeah, was for a long time? How long, long has this been? Going on, I don't remember long-term forecasts other than Audubon Almanac when I was yeah. a boy. Can I, can so, I say I'm going to blame Eric for this one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my first year. <laughs> the person, Eric has been thrown under the bus. Um, back in That's, 2013, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know, winter outlooks have always kind of been out there. I mean, we are not experts, and we put in every outlook. You know, we are not long-term forecasters. What is mm. our job? We forecast the next seven days. 
and we try to entertain you a little bit along the way. And, you know, we try to go a little bit past that. But there are people who specialize their entire career mm-hmm. and they get paid a bunch of money to try to figure out what's going to happen over a season. And yeah. someone might watch or listen and say, well, what does it matter? Like, why do we care about what's going to happen two months from now? You know, if you are trading natural gas, if you are right. planning a heating bill, if you are Placing looking at trucks, your planting uh, you're a plow season, driver. Mm-hmm. your plow driver, there are lots of people, utilities that want to know what are our risks? What are we looking mm-hmm. at? How should we prepare? Mm-hmm. So this is really where forecasting is going in the long run. Right. Do, what did those folks say? Did the experts also expect so, that this was going to be a bad winter? I had a, a tweet back in uh, November, a couple of them, where I said, you know what I don't like about our winter outlook? Everyone agrees. Mm. Oh. What a terrible feeling it Never was to look across time. the board and That's everyone like, was like, yep, big winter. It looks like everything's lining up. And it's like the polls in 2016. <laughs> yeah, That's I right, mean, yeah. the consensus is terrifying sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think at the very end, we almost said, Maybe we should just change it just because. But is it, but is it where temperatures yeah. were or, you know, what specifically in terms of all of your various data? So we take, spend weeks really digging into everything, looking at past patterns, looking at different months, seasons, how they mm-hmm. progress, cold summers, wet summers, how fall works, how the ocean lines up, what's going on where. And there are four main places that we really look. Uh, a big thing is the Pacific Ocean. Mm. What's going on out there? Is it El Nino year? Is it a La Nina year? It's a huge expanse of the planet. It's a huge driver of what happens downstream where we live. And we looked at the Pacific and we had warm water in the central Pacific. We had warm water in the northern Pacific near Alaska. Usually great indicator that you're going to get a lot of ridging out in that area of the jet stream. And so what that means for us is in wintertime, a lot of cold. It's something we saw in 2013 and 14 and 14 and 15. Those are our two biggest winters recently. Why does that mean Mm. more cold? Just that it sort of funnels cold air toward us? Basically, if you think kind of like the whole atmosphere is a roller coaster. If you're climbing to the top before your big drop, you know, that was setting up toward Alaska. And then you're going to slide down the roller coaster, if you're thinking you're an air mass, uh, down the eastern side of that, which would pour down into the United States. And so that pattern actually was really starting to line up. And then it vanished as soon as we hit mid-December and it never came back. Because we really started hearing about El Nino about, what would you say, 15, 20 years ago? Chris Farley made it. 1997-98 was a massive El Nino. And I think that was kind of like the birth of like everybody. El Nino. Yo soy El Nino. (laughs) Nino. (laughs) Everyone fear El Nino. And everybody's uncle was like, I've never heard of that before. (laughs) And I feel like that has now got, Polar Vortex is the latest like hip term. Yes, for sure. You know, and that came about, I think it was what, maybe the 2015? 15 winter 2013 14 14 was the first yeah, right. big one where that not was. to mention the backdoor front and so <laughs> that's our spring issue here <laughs> my favorite so what caused it to fall oh my god well so here's the thing <laughs> all right so it's a whole different conversation paula come on now here's the thing with <laughs> so <laughs> what caused it to fall apart well here's the great question <laughs> so a lot of weather is chicken or the egg um i know you used to you know piss off all my professors in college because i would say well how do you know that created that? Why can't it be this created this, like this way? Mm-hmm. And there's never really a great way of saying, does the warm water make the pattern? Does the pattern make the warm water? Mm-hmm. What's forcing what to happen? Um, and there's no really great reason as to why that went away. And it wasn't the only thing that went away. Mm-hmm. So the November rule was, you know, if it gets cold, usually we end up getting a snow year season. We did an analysis mm-hmm. over a few decades. It works every time except for last winter. Mm-hmm. And so we sat here and we said, well, two in a row. I mean, this works all the time. There's mm-hmm. no way 
that November would fool us two years Couldn't in a row. Couldn't possibly happen. We and always feel like we're going to pay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, another big thing that we look at going into the season is um, you know, snow cover that might build up in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. That rule has basically failed in recent years. The correlation of what happens in Siberia, that relationship's kind of gone. Mm. Um, there's another one where at a solar minimum, you know, right now we're at the bottom of our solar cycle. It's 11 years from peak to peak or bottom to bottom. <clears throat> we're at the bottom of a very deep one. And a lot of research shows that when we're at the solar minimum, you get a lot of blocking. Blocking is basically, you think about where all the ridging is in the atmosphere, it's up toward the North Pole, and it forces cold down to where we live, and mm-hmm. it slows storms down. Mm. So when we talk about Greenland blocking, or there's North Atlantic blocking, that's what we're talking about. Mm. That's where you get your big nor'easters, the ones that crawl along the coast, cold's trapped in, they bring tons of snow. And you know what? We had tons of high-latitude blocking all last year, all summer long, all through the fall, and then in mid-December, just like the ridging in Alaska, gone. So Mother Nature dropped her blocking. The, the, the question, <laughs> and her El Nino. I guess the natural question is, some of these rules have either gone away or are less reliable as rules. And is this just what to expect from winter now? Are we in a I, new era? I don't think so. Now that you're you're laying out all these rules, maybe we should have just gone with the woolly bear. What's the woolly bear? Oh, there's a million things. I mean, out there. we talk about in in nature. There's all kinds of you know people look at the woolly bear caterpillar and how thick mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. orange band is. You know how many it, emails we get every fall about acorns. Acorns. Oh my God! There's acorns all in my yeah. yard. Squirrels are feasting. Well, I'm gonna go buy some bags. This of is a moment where like. we have to talk about your hatred for the farmers' almond. Oh, right? I because. So I feel like we can't throw stones right now in this venue, but <laughs> but that's what but yeah, but that's good. what the almanac is based on stuff like that. The right? funniest thing is there's a there's a news meeting every year, and I go to a morning news meeting every day. And so at some point, and I don't even know when it happens usually, the farmers almanac will come out with their forecast, and I'll go into the news meeting, and they'll say, "Oh, because they know my reaction is going to be Terry." The farmers almanac came out with their forecast today. And it's for, as always, like it's a ferociously cold, always snowy frigid winter. and snowy. Right. And from it February this year 4th as well. to the 7th, there's going to, and, and you know, they're looking to get a rise out of me because, right. and I love the Almanac for other reasons. It's a great resource it's charming. for, yeah. yes, but for those going, you know, looking for a forecast, uh, you know, stop. Okay, but I, I think we skipped over the caterpillar thing. If the, if the orange oh, band sorry. is thicker, that's I, supposed I believe, to... I believe the thicker the orange band, the harsher the winter. I believe that's usual. Yeah. And is it true I that this see. year it I haven't the slightest idea. I, but we probably should have looked into it. It's a bunch of freaking worms. Who cares? And what's the acorn rule? Yeah, people, whenever they see a bunch of acorns in their yard, they think it's a sign. <laughs> they think it's a sign. Acorn, yeah. Oak trees have mast years. It's on a cycle. Mm. They just right. sometimes some groves there produce a, a bunch of seeds. There were acorns this year. There were. Is that supposed to... Is the theory that that would mean an easier winter or a worse winter? A worse winter. A worse okay, winter. so it didn't line they, up. The squirrels are stocking. It never lines up. We've looked into that too. By Here's, the way, Barry Burbank is, is, I should say, one of the big believers in the acorn thing. He, every, <laughs> he, every winter he's like, Terry, <laughs> there's so many acorns in my yard. This winter's going to be, you know, and clearly not, not, a, not a good prediction. This whole conversation boils down to if you really love winter, you will find a reason why it's going to be a big winter. Yeah, right, okay. Right. Here's the controversial question of the podcast. Mm. No one you know, glare at me. But you know people listening to this conversation will now say, Mm -hmm. El Nino looked like it was set up to cause certain things to happen from the Pacific. The blocking looked like it was what it was going to be. And Mm -hmm. so you made all this long-term determination Mm -hmm. based on all that data. Isn't this the problem with predicting climate and predicting climate change? You had all this Mm -hmm. data in front of you. You looked at a long-term outlook and thought this, but then... 
it can change. I think there are two ways to look at that. So a lot of the times people will get confused with forecasting weather. Do I need an umbrella next week? Will it snow six inches or 10 inches? And climate, which essentially, you know, a lot of what we look at when we look at climate is forecasting the radiative balance of the planet. They're very different things. So right now, you know, we already have a 49% chance of having the warmest year on record with a guarantee pretty much it'll be in the top 10 of warmest years. Mm. And you can take that to the bank. And that's just based off the first two, you know, month and a half of the year. Because when you forecast the global energy balance, you know, this goes in, this goes in, this goes in, this goes in, this goes in. Here are things that are a part of the equation that determine how much is in the system. And you know what's moving. So if you try to forecast that, it comes out much more successfully than what's the weather two months from now. Yes. Mm. Right. Those are two mm -hmm. different things. Right. right. Like if right. you forecast the global temperature, average temperature for and this that's winter, important to you could out. hit it within a tenth of a degree mm -hmm. if you were using one of those models. Right. But in so terms of will it be snowy in... Boston, or will it be snowy in Conway, New Hampshire? That's almost impossible. And on the other end of the spectrum, may I ask, can we attribute climate change to some of what we've seen? Well, I was going to say, winter? perhaps we should just start forecasting warmer than normal winters. I mean, so many months now. I, I, this are, is part of our conversation every fall. It's like, give us a reason to go colder than average, because otherwise we're going warmer. Right. right. Mm. Because so, in general, we've been warmer than average. Yeah, this is the fifth straight several winter. Several decades now, okay. Right. And, and month by month, if you look, I mean, it's very rare now to get back-to-back -back below average months or certainly back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back as we were forecasting. Three in a row. Right. It's like once every it's, five, it's, six It's very rare. So you, the, safe, the safe thing to do would just be to forecast well, above average temperatures. It's not as easy when you come to snowfall because even in a warming planet. Precipitation more, should theoretically be higher with a warming. Uh, I mean, more moisture in the air. That's certainly possible. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of little, you know, a couple storms between hitting and missing in one winter can can give you the difference between 50 and 20 inches. If, yeah. Even this winter, it's been so warm, but we could have very easily gotten easily. 20, 30 more inches if one of these storms had, had you know, taken a slight... Snowfall is more about timing. I mean, mm -hmm. clearly in a colder winter, your odds are higher of squeezing more snow out of it. But even in a warm winter, you can line up a couple of big storms, and 2012 and 13 was a great example of that. It was yeah. a pretty mild winter by temperatures, but we had one of the biggest snowstorms in history. And we got slammed. And then we got another huge one at the end of the month and into early March, and we had an above-average snowfall season. So if you hit the windows, it doesn't matter so much. Um, we've seen that you know, in the last five years have all had warmer-than-average winters, but they've all featured some big snowstorms. Yeah. So fast forward to next November. You guys are sitting around in the weather. Are we going to keep going with the We've had this conversation. Take another step. We've, we've talked about this. And, and, you know, we were in such a good run. I think we had the first five out of the six years or four to five we're years. Great. We had great forecasts. And, mm -hmm. and maybe, was there some luck involved? Were we really that Probably. good? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Better to be lucky than good. But we've, we've had this discussion just in the last couple of weeks. Like, do we continue doing this or a do we go range. more month by month? Because, frankly, we've been able to give a pretty good month by month forecast sure. this winter. At the end of each month, we've kind of talked about what the next month should bring, and they've all been perfect. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you've been yeah. saying all along, so, since that forecast came out, the long-term one, month to month, every time we ask you, you've said, I'm telling you, this next month looks pretty mild, yeah. and then it has... And then but it the has. thing about this winter, it, it was it was a harder than, I think, a harder than normal prediction, because we didn't have... We had that, that warmer than uh, average water in the Pacific, but there wasn't a raging El Nino. There mm -hmm. wasn't a raging mm -hmm. La Nina. And typically, those things are big drivers for winter. They help us steer us in an obvious direction. In October, November, other than the cold November, we didn't have an obvious, oh my goodness, this this is a this is a raging mm -hmm. year for the Pacific or, or, or either way. Yeah. It was I will say, there was a sign. There was a sign out there and it's the computer models and everyone ignored them.
Really? So a lot of the See, seasonal I would think models that was, would be what you would base it off of. Well, we go with more of a, the big kind of debates going into the season was, do you go with something statistical or dynamical? Meaning, do you mm. look at the models, which are trying to read the tea leaves, which we know they are not perfect and they have their faults, mm -hmm. or do you go by all these old rules of thumb that we're talking that's about? Like, right. What's, yeah, that's statistical. Like, what's going on in the Pacific and mm -hmm. what's going on with solar and what's going on with just the recent state of, you know, how the climate has been acting. So we all went with the rules of thumb mm -hmm. and the statistics. But the models, you know, whether or not they did it because they're good or because they're lucky, which we right. don't quite know, they had this exact pattern. A lot of them going into the winter with a strong jet stream, cold bottled up in the Arctic, mild in the mid-latitudes. They nailed it. So do you think maybe even though now we have all this science and data and the statistics, we should especially in New England, kind of go back to what I remember growing up. Because you grew up here, I too, did. right? Yeah. In what town? In Westford. You were in Westford. Yeah, Southwick. And you were Southwick. You were the South Shore. And I remember growing up, and, and some it, it's cyclical, you know, even though it's New England, and you always think it's going to be colder. You always think it's going to be snowier. I remember being really irritated as a kid <laughs> in, like, the, you know, let's say late 70s, that um, <laughs> we would have winters. Like, the, you know, all my older brothers and sisters, of course, used to talk about the snow and the sledding. And I would be yeah. looking out at pavement like, what the hell? And then the blizzard of 78 comes, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, and I feel like once you start living in New England over time, you see this kind of cyclical nature, even though it is generally mm -hmm. colder and snowier, not always. Yeah, I mean, bad winters always happen. They've always happened sure. around here. But not every year. Yeah, and um, they happen pretty regularly. The the ones like this, where you have a really strong kind of polar jet stream, where all the colds bottled up in the Arctic and all the mid-latitudes, like when I say mid-latitudes, I'm talking us, Europe, Asia, they're all warm. They happen about every six or seven years, and it's pretty regular. So for us, it's this. You can go back to 2011, 12, 2006 and 7, 2001 and 2. Mm -hmm. Those are all your really warm, quiet winters that we've had recently. And it's, it's a very regular pattern. And it is a product of kind of where you grow up because your brothers and sisters, 60s, yeah. I'm guessing. County. Yep. Yeah, 60s were rocking. We had right. tons of big winters and snow. That's all I heard about. We got to like 1979 and it was done. 1979 yes. to 1992 were full of so many dud snowless winters. You can't even believe. Um, how do you think kids that were growing up in the last 10 to 15 years will talk to their kids about these winters? Will they will they look back and, and think of 2015 when there's 110 yes. inches? <laughs> or will they look back and think, because the talk is all about warming, right? Every, that's the climate change and global warming. And we have had some mild winters. Will they look back and say, oh, when we were a kid, it was like, you know, it was, every winter was, there was hardly any snow on the ground. I don't know. It's been so variable. Yeah. The last 10 years, we've had some of our biggest snow years, but we've but also had I some think, big duds. But I think of my childhood that way, that it was very yeah. variable. It, it, same thing. You know, blizzard of 78 and then nothing for many, you know, a mm. bunch of years in the 80s. There so is just a lot I of time. I feel like this isn't necessarily mm. new. I, I don't know. But the warmth is. So one thing that we can definitely say when it comes to the climate question is that we're heavily skewed toward warmer winters now. Mm. Um, all of our warmest, basically the whole top 10 is filling up with the last 15, 16 years. Mm. Um, so that is a trend we would expect to continue. At the same time, we live in a cold climate. So it doesn't necessarily, there's that tipping point where we don't get big snowstorms is still quite a ways off. It would have to change pretty dramatically before that part of it went away. But most people certainly notice the fact that we have fewer winters where there's time on the ice. You know, mm. where there's the ice fishing season is long. They still happen, but they're not as frequent. They're not as reliable. Um, you know, ski areas, boom or bust. You know, we get into these runs. Even this year, they've caught up in a great way in the last few weeks. It was dead until then. There was nothing going mm. on. 
I had reports in central Vermont with nothing more than an inch or two on the ground until wow. the end of January. Just ask folks that have the backyard ice rinks and how they're yes. trying to maintain them this year. It's been a it's been a bear, not, and not just this year, last year as well. I mean, I have several friends that have tried. Sarah Robleski, her <laughs> husband put one up in the yeah. backyard, and she keeps telling him, why are you bothering? It's it, time. It, it, yeah, give it up. Just get it's rid over. of it. And he's like, no, it's going to be it's gonna be 30 degrees on Saturday. Here I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, a lot of people will say, too, you know, why why do you do these? And then, you know, the, the cynical nature of all of us these days is, oh, it's for ratings and clicks. They just want people to read. And no, 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 no. I planned a vacation for March because I was planning a big, long winter and didn't to be exhausted in March. <laughs> I didn't run the Boston Marathon this year because I was planning a year off sometime soon. Mm. I'm like, this could be a terrible winter. I changed my life based on yeah, right. what we were thinking. So That's also why we didn't run the marathon this year. Well. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I just looked at the long-term the forecast. Yeah, was a little harsh. And I said, yeah. you know, I year. really don't want to run <laughs> yeah. at all anyway. I didn't leave it out there. there. By the way, <laughs> you know. let's just say this has been a great winter for training for the marathon. Oh, Fantastic. Really, yeah. But we didn't just lay it out there to rile up the masses. I mean, we for, we have forecast pretty much everything over the last you know seven years that we've been doing this yeah, from right. huge snow and colds, which yeah. did pan out in 2013 and 14, 14, 15. Uh, and then we've had warm calls. The La Nina winter we had recently, you know, we said we're going to get into it quick. And then we're going to step off the gas, and it's going to be warming up quickly. And it's exactly what happened. But this year was just an absolute disaster. Have I ever told you my impression of the European model? You know, you always talk about all your different models. <laughs> Smoking okay. a cigarette I somewhere the in Euro, Finland. Is it, yeah. is it a French accent? up against the wall with a cigarette. You're stupid, American. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to trick Euro you again trash. this winter. <laughs> Last question. What do we think for March? I'm going to make you put you on the spot. This is so again. funny because I said to Eric before, you, this question's going to come up. Yes. Whatever we say is going to be mm. exactly wrong. And okay. then we're going to do another one of these in about a month and say, you idiots. We just talk. <laughs> but, but Eric, go, a, go for it. It's a good time to remind everyone that at the heart, we're seven-day forecasters. Yes, so of, course, of course. We are here for you on WVZ <laughs> to give you that next seven, seven days day. all the time. It's usually great. Uh, so a lot of these types of winters. So we look back, and again, this is kind of a statistical approach. You go back and you look at strong polar vortex winters. What happened? Wire to wire, it was mild, it was pretty boring. It usually extends into spring. And when he says strong polar vortex, basically all the, all the cold is bottled up around the North Pole. There, it's, not, it's not leaking down. Yeah. Hmm. So um, usually it keeps on going. We'll see if it happens this year. Uh, we know that at least the first day of March is going to be cold. After that... Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to still go with overall mild weather kind of being dominant. Now, March, we you know what's up with March. Yes, it could yes. be anything. Long it's insane. Wet. It's your crazy uncle. It's all over the place. Yes. It's going <laughs> to snow in March. It's going to be freezing, and you're going to hate living here for a couple of days. It's going to be sunny and beautiful for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Flowers are going to bloom. Birds are going to change. We'll get to spring. But I think that overall milder weather is probably going, going to dominate over the cold in March. Just remember, winter didn't really start last year until... The, the beginning of March was when we got our biggest snowstorm. We, we, we actually have more snow now than we did all last year to this point. Yeah. So it was just a lot colder last. It was winter. colder last winter, but yeah. but March can you know March is fickle and it will be. And I'm sure, like Eric said, there'll be times where people are like, "Why do we live here?" This, is, but <laughs> then, I think, but I think he's right. Yeah. I think overall the pattern suggests staying in the same, you know, warmer than average. Of all those strong polar vortex years that I looked at, the only one that really descended into springtime cold was the 2006-2007 one. But that one also featured more of a cold flip in February, which mm. we didn't get this year. Mm. Get so it was already shifting at the end of winter. 
And this year, obviously, we're, I mean, we've got all 50s in the forecast. Yeah. I can't believe right. it. Oh, I right. know. Okay, how about 4th of July? <laughs> Get out of here. Will my fireworks be okay? A little you know tipsy, what? very bright, <laughs> sometimes confusing. It's on a weekend this year, isn't it? Saturday night? Yes, Every, all the good holidays. Thank you guys for coming in and this doing so this. Because I do think people like when... There's a, a mea culpa, you know, if something like this goes wrong. Because normally you guys get it right. And you came in, you explained why it went wrong and how we're going to get it better next time. Well, the only thing I, I can say is I'm glad we like we dumped out of it in mid-January, right? I mean, yes, by the time did. mid-January oh, yeah. came out, we're like, it's over. <laughs> that looks stinks. And I get just deal with it because this is what we've got for the rest of winter. Yeah, so I'm yeah. happy to deal with it. <laughs> part well, part of the battle is knowing when to give up. This was awesome. All right. Eric, thank you. Oh, by the way, give your Twitter handle so that people can yes. reach out to you. If at they want Terry to. WBZ. Just at Eric Fisher with right. a C, no C in the Fisher. At Paula Eben. At Liam WBZ. Uh, we are going to be back in a few yes. weeks with some new stuff. We'll mm-hmm. tease you with that for a bit. We're still on hiatus, but we figured we would uh, have this special episode in the middle of our yeah. hiatus because we've got exciting plans for the future. That's how so, we tease it. Yes. Tell us what you want to hear at Studio BZ Pod. All right. All and right. For the next time. We have to teach them the sign-off. Oh, yes. Have you guys oh. done this before? Mm-hmm. From the, the old BZ radio people from the 60s used to say, we'll be Zing you. Right. So, so that's huh. our sign-off. Until next time. We'll be Zing you. Thanks, guys. That's great. <laughs> that was really Excellent. That was fun. Excellent. Woo-hoo.